going to be the captain that steers our country to its next destination. Welcome to Forecast Roundtable, Forecast International's podcast on worldwide defense and aerospace markets. And welcome to Forecast Roundtable. I'm Matthew Beers. Today I'll be speaking with Dan Darling, Europe and Asian military markets analyst. We'll be discussing the British exit from the European Union, more popularly known as the Brexit. Why is it that the Leave vote came as such a shock? Well, uh... I would look back at last year's um, election in the UK. Right. Uh, the polls were wrong, very wrong. Um, right. It was felt that Cameron and the Conservatives would be tossed out. Right. They ended up winning a majority before right. they were governing in a coalition with the Liberal Democrats. So um, I think they're, it, it, it's probably not the best to use the term elite, but in this instance, right. I think you kind of have to <laughs> use right. it because elite opinion is separated from the greater body politic at times. Right. And, and there was, again, there was a lot of elite opinion. That this is a very foolish step. Um, right. The great unwashed masses are, uh, you know, they need to be led the right way. And right and I, again, that, that's perception. I, I and also it on your desk from uh, from the Sputnik, right? And that, know, that's well, that, that was from Sputnik. Right? <laughs> so, but that's um, that's what some people feel. It's uh, the peasants yeah. are revolting. Right? I mean, no, <laughs> no doubt. We see it in the United States. We saw it in in with the Bernie Sanders campaign and the right. Donald Trump campaigns. These 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 people from quote unquote the fringes who who right. rush. Uh, to capture a lot of voters and people, they've appealed to people. There's right. there's a, a, a sense that um, things are changing, and I, I the voter, don't have a, a voice right. in that. How do I get my voice? Well, do I have to go with the anti-establishment right. perspective? Who's the establishment? And uh, right. there was, you know, David Cameron is a conservative, and he was one of the most right. vociferous <laughs> Remain campaigners. Right. So, you know, um, if you're a working-class English person, well, you didn't right. go to an elite private school. You, you, right. Why am I listening to David Cameron? I would also note that a lot of the voters uh, who traditionally voted labor, right. the working class in industrial areas, were voting to leave. So right. it's kind of turn things on its head yeah um it, it's a very unusual uh, election and it has to be seen through a british lens not not necessarily right. a european or an american or any other um right. lens so we have to move on to, to nato mm -hmm. and defense absolutely in europe um how is this going to affect uh, UK's relationship with nato and and defense uh, within europe yeah um well first of all i, I NATO has always been the foremost pillar um, of defense and defense cooperation and broader security for the UK. And right. that will not change. Obviously, it won't change now. Right. Um, so I don't think in that regard there's any disruption whatsoever. Right. Uh, the question becomes, and this, this is where it gets a little more difficult for the leave faction, right. 
while there have been moves in Europe to right. create an EU defense establishment, um, particularly there's always some Eurocrat, again, I'm going to use that term, right. that's championing an EU army, which is neither closer today than it was yesterday when they were championing it. Right, if anything, uh, scare, scare nations with a European army. Right. Uh... <laughs> it hasn't gotten any closer, but... Britain had a voice right. inside the EU that could prove, hey, you know, everything's voted on. It's it's generally or always a unanimous right. vote, and Britain had a vote. Now they're voiceless inside right. the EU. So um, will that affect their cooperation um, on projects and stuff like the uh, Anglo-Franco um uh, Lancaster tr House Treaties right. Accords, I don't really think so. Okay. But um, it, again, I mean, they have they will have little to say about an EU defense pillar, right. um, and I think that probably doesn't sit well with Washington because right. they were Washington's voice inside right. the EU. <laughs> um, right. So it's um, it's definitely once again tricky territory, but I do believe. The, there will be knock-on effects uh, related to, I think, related more to if there's a Scottish independence vote. Right. Um, you're looking at things that could affect the Trident nuclear submarine right. um, program um, and shipbuilding. Is so you most think this could disrupt the, the defense industry then? Yes. I, okay. it, it possibly, right. probably very likely. It, it depends on a lot of things that still have yet to play out. Right. Um, but there are a lot of pundits that would claim this is going to hurt British defense. They'll have to spend more, right. um, perhaps. Well, it makes I, sense. You have to spend more if you're not working with the other nations. Sure, but yeah. they still will work through NATO, through the United right, Nations. Exactly. They still have the Five Eyes um, intelligence uh, arrangement with the United right. States, Canada, uh, Australia, et cetera. Um, right. I mean, unlike other European nations, they have a worldwide network. Right. To work with. They, they have a strong diplomatic arm. They have a strong uh, overseas basing element. Right. So they're, they're still a global player. Right. But without power sharing, it, right. it, the burden falls more and more on them, which is going to be uh, something interesting to, okay. to see play out. But um, I don't see any change in UK-US cooperation, right. um, despite President Obama's um, to the back of the queue right. comments. I think those were just off-the-cuff comments, and he's walked them back this morning right. as, as appropriately, in my opinion. Right. So I don't think we're going to see too much on change on the UK-US end of things. Right. Uh, NATO, again, um, the... Secretary General for NATO, uh, Jens Stoltenberg, said this morning we expected still have a very productive uh, relationship with the U.K. as a member right. of NATO. So status quo on that regard. Okay, so NATO really won't change? I don't think so. Okay. And, you know, with Russia um, being aggressive, uh, making moves into the Baltic Sea, um, into Eastern Europe, um, even though NATO is going to remain on course, um, do you think just the, the instability in Europe will allow Russia to make more inroads 
into Eastern Europe and, and the Baltic Sea? Well, I think Russia enjoys any sign of European disunity. Right. Um, the best uh, deterrence to Russia is a united European front. Right. However, that's difficult. It, it works in theory, rarely right. in practice, because right. you have some countries in the former um, Soviet Union or, or Warsaw Pact, I should say, behind right. the Iron Curtain that... Um, have had largely positive relations traditionally with Russia. Um, right. Some where Hungary is an example, where the prime minister who's taken more and more power and centralized it is not happy with the current sanctions regime against um, Russia. And there's factions in Germany that are uh, relatively pro-Russia. So right. it... it you know, the, the Brexit vote doesn't help the united European front, but that was um, uh, more of a chimera to begin with. Right. So. Okay. Um, I think we already talked about the uh, kind of the governance at the sovereign level and the financial mm -hmm. implications. Mm -hmm. Kind of went through that. Do you want yeah. to go through it again? Um, I think we covered that. Yeah, I think we did. I, I, yeah. You know, again... It, Britain ha has its own currency. It's not a, a member of the Eurozone. Right. Um, and it had no desire uh, to be part of the Eurozone and on the, on, join the single currency. So, um, I mean, there have always been a lot of voices that would warn, you know, um, uh, well, not being in the EU will hurt you. Well, Switzerland's done pretty well for itself outside right. the EU. Um, the EU's never missed a chance to try to draw in, say, in Iceland every time there's an economic hiccup in that country. Right. Um, it, it, one of the issues, I think, which I've seen building is that the EU um, has, it comes across as anti-democratic. Fairly or unfairly, right? Um, the, the Lisbon Treaty would be the uh, the revised EU constitution. The Lisbon Treaty would be the, the classical right. example of this. Um, the only country to hold a popular referendum to say yay or nay on the Lisbon Treaty was Ireland. Ireland right. voted no, right. and the EU response was, "Well, we're going to immediately, as soon as possible, have another vote until you vote right." right. Yeah. And um, right. that that doesn't go unnoticed. Yeah. And, and while I think if you polled across Europe in each right. country, are you happy in the EU or would you prefer to be independent? I think you would find whether by slim margins or larger margins in each country, they would largely be happy or or prefer to remain in the EU. There's still right. a lot of sentiment that's unhappy with power. Um, moved out of the, the the locality and the center of power shifting to Brussels. Right. I mean, it's a slippery slope. You don't mm -hmm. want it to go too far. I mean, you have the, the specter, you know, obviously of, of how much power is going to be in Brussels. There's also an element of, you know, you can't dampen uh, a sense of pride in someone's nation. The, right. the EU is not the United States. The United States was... 13 colonies that came together. These, these are nations. These are nations, whether they're not, they haven't been the current form of the nation. They've right. been ethnic or 
um, the populations have been there for right. a long time. There's a sense of tradition They're and very culture, and they still have a sense of identity right. um, that doesn't make them skinheads or nasty warmongers, right. um, but it is a sense of pride. Right. And I think there's something in the the postmodern kind of mentality where right. we overlook that at our own peril. Right. And it's it's we're see, it, it's coming back to the front in small right. sometimes momentous steps. Right. But what you had was the sense that the EU is a faceless bureaucracy. Again, fair or unfair. There are some right. perceptions in in and factions, and not always on the quote-unquote far right. right. Um, sometimes parties that are are preaching lots of social democratic things, right. which would be considered very to the left in the United States, are also, on the other hand, anti-immigrant or anti-EU. So it's right. a much more complex picture country by country at the European level. Now, would you say that the technocrats or the the autocrats there, the technocrats, the, technocrats, would technocrats. Be, yeah. <laughs> what, autocrats say, might be a step too far. <laughs> would you say that the technocrats there um, in the European Union really need to look at what happened with the Brexit and try to learn from it and say, well, we can't just ignore yeah. and write off? The I think it's standard. a momentous step in that regard. I do think that. It could go one of two ways. Right. Will it be greater EU integration, right. greater European integration, or will they go, we need to tap the brakes right. on some of this because we've moved too fast for people right. um, to develop a, a purely European identity. Right. So it, it's... It could go one of two ways. I think I've I've seen quotes by European leaders on on both sides of that. Right. Um, but there's definitely a sense that losing the United Kingdom is, is it it's weighs heavily on Europeans for depending where they are for a variety of reasons. Even Germany, you know, these two countries fought two wars against each right. other, bloody bloody wars, right. but. There's a sense that we're losing a, a voice for liberal values, for human rights. We, we've right. lost a, um, a, a seat at the United Nations Security Council. Right. We've lost the, the um, strongest defense contributor in the European community. Right. Um, we've lost one of our largest uh, economies in the EU community. So right. it's definitely a sense of loss, and, and there's going to be some taking stock but right. I mean, you again hope so right? uh, yeah uh, but, uh, but again how this plays out is is we'll have to wait and see because That's the thing. there's a lot of uncertainty absolutely right. and y you could feel the 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 resignation and the and the wariness in the voices of uh, the french president and right. uh, german chancellor angela merkel right. when they spoke of this so um and Merkel was was smart early on. She kind of toned down the rhetoric, and I, I think she was probably planning what happens if there is a Brexit. Mm -hmm. How are we going to make this work mm -hmm. for us? Right. Um, I, I think she's not unaware that 
Germany isn't loved across the European right. Union, particularly <laughs> after, and there, this is another issue for the EU, there will be another um, tranche of uh, money to be delivered to Greece, and they're going to have to negotiate that. And right. everybody's wary uh, or exhausted by the whole Greek sovereign debt crisis, not right. just the Greeks. Right, right. <laughs> um, so... One of the things is that Merkel is probably trying to avoid, but it's it's sometimes it's not easy to is that you don't want to influence a vote in England at the or Britain at the local level. Um, outside voices saying you need to vote this way or that way. Well, if it's European leaders telling Americans how to vote, Americans aren't going to be too pleased with that, and right. that could spur the opposite reaction from some people right. and and that probably played out a little bit in the right. united kingdom as well uh, yesterday yeah. so um i mean this is really for my my personal interest but i figured we'd talk about it anyway maybe it'll come to something um we had kind of talked about it before um how um yes it's a it's a popular vote but there's obviously something else going on here i mean this is a a major change of power in in Britain and also in Europe, is is there something going on that we don't see in the news that's um, you know a major shift in power within Britain and the European Union? Well, I think again, it's a sense that voters felt their voices weren't being heard, right? Um, that their country was changing before their eyes. Right. It was a lot of older voters that swung this election and again it was a right. narrow re referendum it was 5248 now right. considering how much money was being poured into the remain campaign and the right. and the elite and powerful voices being throwing their weight and opinion behind remain right. and the the poll showing it was you know a month ago it was going to be a huge victory for remain it, it right. it's it is still quite a loud um result but I personally think that there's just a sense for some people that they, they've been dislocated by the modern economy, by the global right. economy, that their political leadership doesn't listen to them. Right. The wealthy, um, famous, whatever you want to call it, uh, elite class, um, the urban wealthy are cut off from them and they don't care what happens to them at the local level um and that i i i don't think it was the overwhelming rationale behind the the leave vote but i do think people have looked at the migrant and humanitarian crisis that's unfolded across right. eu with quite a bit of um uh, unease. Um, we've seen it. Do you it. think that had something to do with it? I, I just think it's something where, well, again, the UK is outside of Schengen area, which is borderless right. um, regions, but they see what's going on. I mean, when right. you have Sweden um, putting up walls again on their borders, and they're, makes you start they're, they're the most, probably one of the most welcoming for refugees right. of any country in the world. Right. It's something they've taken great pride in traditionally. Right. When they're instituting um, border um, 
controls once again, right. uh, I can't imagine that's gone unnoticed. And the terrorist attacks throughout Europe, I mean, sure. it, it largely has not sure. hit Britain. Um, um, it, it, it's been centralized in France and Belgium and, and these other countries. Yeah, but, I mean, the UK has uh, a lot of issues with um, right. homegrown jihadists going right. to Syria, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I think the ramifications of an of a Brexit will be more will be uh, harder felt on the intelligence sharing side of the ledger right. for Britain um, right. in in regards to the rest of the European continent. Right. Um, but again, I don't think that when you take these and add them all up, economic right. dislocation, um, f- uh, depressed or flat wages. Right. Um, Worsening healthcare, anything you can think of—not um, right. worsening healthcare, but worsening healthcare results. Right. Um, being voiceless um, right. in in the larger political picture, right. um, m- migration crisis along the the southeastern European borders. Um, right. I mean, these ter- things terrorism when everybody's happy. It happens right. when, exactly right. like you said, they're they're not doing too well. So um, I think you add it all up. And, right. and the sense of just British pride. It, it, um, we'd rather decide our fate than have someone in Brussels decide our fate. And right. again, I'm not saying that's exactly how things play out. That isn't exactly how things play out. But right. it's the perception. Um, right. Ignorance or, or learned or otherwise. Um, it right. is the per- it, there is that perception, and there is a sense of um, s- there's still a sense of national pride when at a time where n- nationalism has become a, a dirty word in some circles, right. a, a, some uh, media or elite circles. So right. take it all together, wrap it up, and it, it's again. I mean, I I think it the leave vote meant a lot of things to a lot of different things to a lot of different people and i think the remain vote meant a lot of different things to a lot of different people um so it's it's a very muddy picture right now it seems like a a lot of it really does have to do with perception um there's so much uncertainty um well we see it here as we as i mentioned before (laughs) we see it in the united states and it it shouldn't be a surprise in other Right. Um, developed countries or Western democracies when right. when we see this kind of thing happen. Yeah. It, they, and these kind of things happen from time to time in general. Yeah. Thank you for joining us at Forecast Roundtable. For more information on international aerospace and defense markets, visit www.forecastinternational.com.